subscribe. So give this video a thumbs up. Type down in the comments where you're watching from and make sure you stick to the very end of this because it will literally change the course of your life. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. When I got this revelation, my life was never the same. This is the single revelation that has changed my life the most up until this point other than me getting born again. Knowing who you are and what you have now that you are in Christ changes everything. Somebody type in the comments, everything has changed. Not some things, not most things. The Bible says, any man who be in Christ, behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Literally meaning everything has changed. There's not one thing about you that is not different now that you're born again. When God would encounter people and change their life in the Bible, he even changed their name. Everything changes when you encounter God and you're born again and filled with his spirit. This is revealing the blessing of Abraham. Now, for those of you that are new to the channel, every Wednesday morning, I cover the subject of financial prosperity. So if you don't like financial prosperity, I encourage you to leave now because you're not going to like this message. But if you're curious about it and you want to learn what the Bible says about being financially prosperous, then you're going to want to stay to the very end of this live stream because it will genuinely change your life. When I got a hold of this, when I got a hold of this revelation, I was, I had like negative dollars in my bank account. I barely had a job washing windows and uh, I was, I was struggling. I mean, like I was surviving, I was paying my bills, but barely it took everything in me. And I mean, although I had the discipline I had uh, an entrepreneurial spirit. I believe that I would have been successful in the world's eyes just because of my work ethic and my desire to not be broke. But when you're under spiritual oppression, under the curse of poverty, you have to learn how to get out of it. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When sin entered into the world because of Satan deceiving even Adam, it brought sickness, disease, and poverty. That's the weight of the curse of sin that came into the earth. So although you can be born again and legally in the spirit, those things are broken off of your life. They're not allowed to have a grip on you anymore. It is your job to get out of it by revelation knowledge. Someone once put it this way. If you're in prison and someone pays your bail and they come and they unlock the door and they open the door for you, it's still your job to walk out of the prison. You still have to know the directions to get out the prison door, out the prison entirely, and then go on and continue to, uh, to grow in life. So that's kind of what it's like as a Christian. As a Christian... You can know what the Bible says. You can hear it even taught to you. But you have to put action to your faith. Faith without works is dead. Another translation says faith without corresponding action is dead. And it's dead weight. You just carry dead faith around all the time.
I want you to write this in your notes. Every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. And continue to give this video a thumbs up and share it with people. Every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. You must know who you are in Christ and what your lineage consists of for you to possess what belongs to you. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 51 in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 51. Verse 1, listen to this. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you've been hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and multiplied him. Another translation says, For Abraham was one man when I called him, and I turned him into a mighty nation. Type this in the comments. I have a nation living inside of me. I have a nation living inside of me. Although you might be one man or one woman, God has birthed a nation inside of you. But it's up to you to get it out by the word of God. God created man to have the capacity to birth nations. Not just to birth a family, not just to birth a town, not just to birth a city or a state, but to birth a nation. In th three generations, Abraham and his family went from having no son and no lineage to a nation in three generations. Three generations is roughly 240 years. That's you, your children, your grandchildren. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And three generations went from no children to a mighty nation. So this is what we're going to uncover today. The supernatural secrets of revealing what took Abraham from being one man and turned him into a mighty nation. Go to John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I want you to underline and highlight that word might. Some translations say may. The words might and may are contingent. Meaning... That although Jesus came and paid the price for you to have abundant life, it's up to you to receive it and to walk in it. Just because a Christian gets born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and praise in tongues, doesn't mean that they're just automatically going to walk in the abundant Zoe life of God. It is contingent. You have to make a decision to meditate on God's word day and night, and be as a tree planted by streams of water that produces fruit in every season and whose leaf does not wither and does not fade. 
Then everything you touch will prosper. Everything you produce will turn to gold. God's word is contingent. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So how do we tap into abundant life? Number one, you must understand it is God's will for you to live in overflow. It is God's will for you to live in your desires and in your wants, not in your needs. Write this down in your notes. Carnal Christians are need-focused. Spiritual Christians are want-focused. So go to Psalm chapter 23 with me. I'll show you what I'm saying. In renewing your mind to have your mind operate as the mind of Christ, you must think how a king thinks. Remember when Jesus went to that fig tree and he saw that it produced no fruit. He said, may nobody eat of you again. And he cursed it from the root and it dried up and it died. Because he had such a king's mentality that he refused to have anything that did not produce in his life. Who are people, relationships, investments, habits in your life that are not producing return? Get rid of them. Get anything that is taking from you and not producing in return and get it out of your life. That is the mindset of a king. God takes in the parable of the, of the talents, he takes the one who only has one talent and hides it out of fear for his master. Takes it, gives it to the man who's producing many things, and tells the other servant, get away from me, you wicked servant. Any servant that does not provide or produce for the kingdom of God is considered wicked in the eyes of God. That will shock a lot of pew-riding Christians. We called them bench warmers when I played football. That's what a lot of Christians are. Bench warmers. They show up to church. They sing two hymns in a her. They warm the bench pew. Give a dollar or two in the offering. And go home to watch their favorite football team. That is the reality of many Christians. But somebody type in the comments, that's not my reality. Psalm 23, listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Highlight that verse. I shall not want. Before you understand and have revelation of what you've received in Christ, you are need focused. This is going to help somebody here. Listen to me. This is how you, you go to the next level today poverty mentality remember to be broke is circumstance to be poor is a mindset a poverty mentality is someone who is need focused what are my needs for today what are my needs for this week what are my needs for this month what are my needs for this year well i need clothes today 
Well, I need food today. Well, I need rent this month. Well, I need to save up for taxes this year. Well, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. If you run around always being need-focused, that's all you're going to get. A man gets what he believes for in life. Nothing more, nothing less. If you believe God to pay your rent, you'll get your rent. If you believe God to pay your groceries, you'll get your groceries. If you believe God to pay someone else's rent, you'll have enough money to pay your rent and someone else's rent. If you believe God to take you to the next level, to a six-figure income, you'll get exactly what you believe for and what you press in for in the word. So if you are need-focused, then all you'll ever get is your needs met. But in the new covenant, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another translation says, I shall not lack. God meets the desires of my heart. I'm so want-focused and desire-focused that my needs just take care of themselves. Imagine if every single day I woke up and I said, well, I need my rent to be paid. And then my rent gets paid every month, but I don't do anything else. I just get my bills paid. I would struggle, and I know this because this is how I lived for a while. I would struggle through life, and I did. I struggled through year after year, just believing God for about a year and a half, two years to have my rent paid. When I changed my mindset, Ephesians 6, 8 says, what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. When I changed my mindset to, I want to have enough money, I want enough to pay for somebody else's rent. All of a sudden, my rent was taken care of because I had such overflow to meet somebody else's need that God took care of my needs. Somebody type that in the comments, Ephesians 6, 8. Whatsoever you make happen for someone else, whether they be bond or free, meaning no matter if they're a slave or if they're a free man, no matter what their situation is, no matter what your situation is, whatever you make happen for somebody else, God makes happen for you. So you can believe God for such increase and be want-focused. I want this car. I want this house. I want these clothes. I want this food. I want this relationship. That you can get want-focused and desire-focused so much so that the needs take care of themselves. I want a six-figure income. I want a promotion. Do you want to know how you know whether or not you are need-focused or want-focused? If you wrote down on a piece of paper what you want in life versus what you need in life, and the need list is longer, it means you're need-focused. So if I came up to you right now and I said, hey, what do you need? I need rent. I need groceries. I need clothes. I need clothes for my kids. They're going back to school. I need a new car. I need a new uh, alternator. I need a new house. I need a new state to live in. I need a new president. (laughs) We all need that one. But most people, you could shout your needs to me all day long and you could never exhaust your list. But if I came up to you and I said, what do you want? You want to know how I know this is true? Because it literally has happened to me. I've had people ask me, what do you want? What kind of car do you want? Good morning, Caleb. What kind of house do you want to live in? What kind of shutters do you want on the house? What kind of porch? What kind of trees do you want in your driveway? How long do you want your driveway to be? 
How many square footage do you want your house to be? How many cars would you like to have? What type of car? What do you want the interior to look like? What color do you want the car to be? What do you want your job to look like this time next year? How big of a promotion do you want? What kind of clothes do you like? All of a sudden, if I start asking you questions like that, I guarantee you most people on this live stream today, if I asked you, what's, the fav what's your favorite interior in a car? What do you want? What type of furniture brand do you want in your dream house? Most people, you could never tell me. Because you're need focused and you're not want focused. The blessing of Abraham gets you out of need focused and into want focused. It gets you out of barely enough and into more than enough. Psalm 23, 5, he says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup of blessing overflows. Somebody type in the comments today. My cup begins to overflow. What I'm going to teach you right now in the next few minutes is going to lead your life to overflow the same way it did for me. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses wrote two paths that you can take in life. Number one, he said, today I lay before you life and blessing. And then number two, he said, death and cursing. Oh, that you would choose life, he said. So there's only two paths you can take in life, life and blessing and overflow or death and cursing, which is the way of sin, the way of poverty, the way of sickness and disease. Once you get into the path of life, the Zoe life of God, that blessing comes with it. You just have to tap into it. Go with me to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three. Verse 13, listen to this. This is going to bless somebody today. If your wants are not being met, this message is for you. If you have desires in your heart that have not come to pass in your life yet, this is going to teach you how to get them. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. Has is past tense. It's already happened. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. Remember, the curse of the law produced sickness, disease, and poverty. So Jesus took our sickness, he took our disease, and he took our poverty and sin and death all on the cross. He became the curse that came into the world. As it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that the blessing of Abraham might, underline that word might, highlight that word might. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing of Abraham being the primary Holy Spirit. He's the primary blessing of Abraham, but he distributes all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according to Ephesians 1, unto us. Jesus said, everything my father has belongs to me, and today I give you everything. So by the Holy Spirit, we receive by faith the blessing of Abraham. The Holy Spirit produces the blessing of Abraham in our life. So what's the blessing of Abraham? Go with me 
to Genesis chapter 12. All the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 12. This is when God first called Abraham. You can read the rest of Galatians chapter 3, but it says that by faith in Jesus Christ, we have now become the seed of Abraham. Abraham has become our father in the faith. The same way that your natural father gives you an inheritance, the blessing of Abraham is our inheritance as children of Abraham. So whatever God promised Abraham belongs to me and belongs to you. I want you to type this in the comments right now. Whatever God promised Abraham belongs to me. Whatever God promised Abraham belongs to me. Look at this, Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your family, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Here's step number one to possessing the promises of God that were given to Abraham. Get away from your family if they're holding you back. Learn how to separate from people that don't have revelation of what God has promised you. The first thing Abraham did, do you know why God told Abraham to leave his family and relatives and friends? Genesis 11 says that Abraham's father was on his way to Canaan. Meaning that God had already called Abraham's family before Abraham. God already had a plan for Abraham's family. He already told Abraham's father to go to Canaan, the promised land. But the Bible says that Abraham's father settled in Haran. Got blessed, got some land, the blessing of the Lord was on him. And he settled in Haran and he did not continue to go to the promised land, which was in Canaan. And because he settled in Haran, he began to worship other gods. So God told Abraham, get out of that land, get away from your family, get away from your relatives. If they're not serving me, get away from them and go to the land that I've shown you. Verse 2, and this is what God promised Abraham. The first promise God gave to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name famous so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. That alone, that promise alone will change your entire life. God literally told Abraham, I will make you wealthy. I will make you famous. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. And all the families of the earth will be blessed. Somebody type in the comments, that's me. When you tap in to the covenant that God made with Abraham, God will make you rich. God will make your name great in the earth, meaning he'll give you influence. You'll be known in your family. You'll be known in your friends. You'll be known in your town. You'll be known in your state. You'll even be known in your nation. And you can even be known globally is what God told Abraham. Then all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Think about Billy Graham. All the families of the earth were blessed because of Billy Graham's ministry. One of the greatest evangelists that's ever walked the planet. If God did it for Abraham and God did it for Billy Graham, God can do it with you. Go with me to Deuteronomy 28. 
So we know that part of the blessing. But this is where things get interesting. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Any part of these blessings that are not active in your life right now, they are available for you to possess by faith. To meditate on God's word day and out, day and night, to declare it out of your mouth, to be a tither, to be a giver, to be somebody that plugs in to the right local church, and an imitator of those who faith, who through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. Hebrews uh, 6 8, I believe. says, who through faith and patience, be imitators of those who through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. Find someone who has obtained these promises and connect yourself to them. Like you're doing right now, connecting yourself to me, connecting yourself to this ministry. This is you connecting yourself to someone who has obtained these promises by faith and patience. And I'm continuing to obtain them. God is bringing land into my hands. He's bringing livestock into my hands. He's bringing silver and gold into my hands. God is currently birthing me into a mighty nation. And everything that we're doing over here at Faith Church in Ruston, God is multiplying supernaturally and turning into a mighty nation. He's turning my pastors, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody, into a mighty nation. Where although their beginning was small, their latter end is greatly increasing right now. Where everybody in Louisiana will know who the Pody family is. Who Faith Church is. That is what's happening right now. And it's going to happen for you in Jesus' name. Listen to this. This is the blessing of Abraham that is coming on your life today. Now it will be. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to be careful and do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today, then the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all of these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Two times it says if there. Emphasizing, if you listen, if you meditate on God's word, if you listen to his voice, if you read the word of God, these blessings will come on your life. And he goes through all the blessings. You'll be blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Your offspring will be blessed. The produce of your ground will be blessed. Your livestock will be blessed. The increase in herd of your flocks and, fleeks and your, uh, your flocks and your sheep. Your fleeks and your shocks. Verse 5. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. And you will be blessed when you go out. I know I teach on this a lot. But we have a lot of, a lot of new people. And we have a lot of old people. If this is not your reality in life right now you're missing something which means you have something to learn today you have something to learn today i really feel like somebody's going to be someone's going to get blessed by this today i hope so It'll turn you from a consumer into a producer. Where instead of somebody that is always needing something done for them, you're the one that's getting things done for other people. This will flip the script for your life today. 
The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you set your hand to do. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is commanding you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. God guarantees you, if you obey his word, he will bless you in every area of your life. I've literally witnessed this in my own life. When I started serving God, I had no money. I had no job. I had just got kicked out of college for the second time. I was living in an apartment for free that I should not have been in. I had literally nothing. All I had was a passion for God and a passion for his word. And I started learning this. And every breakthrough in faith comes by a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. I always thought growing up as a Christian, I was going to have to be broke. I'd have to give everything away. If I ever became a Christian, I'd just have to be broke my whole life. But that's not it at all. God gets glory when you're living in the blessing of Abraham. He gets glory when people look at you and say, that man is so blessed, God must be with him. But I had to understand what the word said. I had to be diligent. I had to press in to what the Bible said. I couldn't refuse the watering process. A lot of people hear this message and it's not active in their life and they just stop listening. They say, oh yeah, I've heard him preach on Deuteronomy 28 like at least a dozen times. I got that. I know that, bro. I know what's going on with tithing and giving. Then why are you broke? I had no money. And then I moved apartments and I had less money. Because now I had to pay rent. I was no longer living for free. So I had to get a job as a window washer. I was washing windows about 60 hours a week. Washing windows, doing power washing. Staining decks, concrete coatings, um, cleaning out gutters. And then during the winter, we would hang Christmas lights. And I did that for about two years. Almost two years. Seasonal. I did it during the summer and then Christmas lights in the winter. During that season of my life, I began to get diligent. I started learning how money works. I started learning how to invest. I started learning how to sell. I started learning how to not be broke all the time. And at that same time, the Lord was opening his word to me about the blessing of Abraham, how I received and understood that Abraham's blessing puts me on top in life. That no matter where I'm at, even Joseph, because he was in covenant with God, even Joseph, when he was thrown into slavery, was the top slave of the house. Potiphar gave him everything. Even his wife wanted him. He, Potiphar said, all that I have is yours. All I have to worry about is eating food. That's what Potiphar said. Because the blessing was so strong on Joseph. Joseph was thrown into prison. He was the top prisoner. 
He didn't have to sleep with the rest of the slaves. He got to sleep with everybody else. And then eventually exalted to the right hand of Pharaoh. That's what the blessing of the Lord does in your life. No matter where you're at, it lifts you out of your situation, out of your circumstance. If you know you have a covenant with God and you stay in covenant with God, you work the covenant of God, you believe God, you stand on the word, you speak, you tithe, you give, you act, your faith has action, corresponding action. You're diligent, you work hard, you learn. These blessings just start coming onto your life. So much so that you can't even, like I woke up this morning so grateful because I know I will never have to worry about money another day in my life. And I'm not even a, a multimillionaire yet. You would think that I'd have to be like a multimillionaire to, to, to never have to worry about money. No, not yet. I will be. But I simply know that because I'm in covenant with God, I never have to worry about money another day in my life. There's not one day that I will ever wake up the rest of my life and say, I hope I have enough money in the bank account. Never. I will never have to think that way again. And it blessed me this morning. And I'm speaking by experience because not only have I seen these promises come to pass in my life, and I don't, I don't mean this arrogantly at all. I'm just stating a fact right now. I know a lot, I've seen ministers that these things started happening to them 10, 12, 15 years down the road. For me, it's happened to me in two years. I went from having negative $200 in my bank account to a ministry that almost produced a quarter million dollars this year. In two years. Again, I don't say that to brag or anything, but it's only because of this. Just doing what the word says. If God can do it with me, God will do it with you. Somebody type that in the comments. God's going to do it for me. I'm going to teach you one more thing and then I'm going to pray for you. I'll teach you one more thing that's a supernatural highway to getting this blessing to multiply in your life. Abraham knew this. He knew that there was a blessing on him, but he knew how to supernaturally extradite, ex, expedite it, expedite it, how to expedite it into his life. I believe people will get a hold of this today. Genesis chapter 14. So Genesis 12, God blesses Abraham. Tells him, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. The whole world will know you. All the families on the earth will be blessed by you. And after he blesses Abraham, the very next chapter, it says that Abraham starts walking in extreme riches. But it's not wealth. There's, there's rich and then there's wealthy. Two very different categories. Rich, wealthy. Very different categories. Rich is like, I'm abundantly supplied for, my family's abundantly supplied for, and I can give a little bit. Wealthy is I never have to worry about money ever again. In fact, I don't think about what things cost. I don't think about where I stay. I don't think about what this costs or that costs. I can take care of hundreds or thousands of people. That is wealthy. 
Did you know that a million dollars stacked is only a foot high? A million dollars is rich. You would say you're rich if you're a millionaire. That's only a foot high. A billion dollars stacked on top of itself is taller than the Empire State Building. That's the difference between a million and a billionaire. A millionaire is rich. A billionaire is wealthy. Abraham turns into a billionaire from a millionaire by this one thing. Watch this. Genesis 14. Verse 14. When Abram heard that his relative was taken captive, that's a lot, he armed his 318 trained servants, born in his own house, and pursued them as far as Dan. Now, you're not a broke man if you have 318 servants. You're a multimillionaire. How do you take care of 318 servants if you're broke? That's not three servants. 318 Verse 15, during the night, he divided his men to attack them and defeated them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He brought back all the possessions along with his relative Lot and his possessions and also the women and the people. Now look at this. Verse 17, after his return from the defeat, after conquering that king, and the kings who had joined him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shiva, that is the king's valley. I want you to get that. That's a prophetic symbol showing you that Abraham was a king. This is before Israel had kings, but Abraham was a king. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God the Most High. It's a prophetic symbol of Jesus. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Boom! Look at that. Tithing. Do you want to know the supernatural highway to go from being rich to wealthy? Tithing and first fruits offerings. Abraham was already a rich man because God blessed him. Had 318 servants. But he went from being a millionaire to a billionaire by doing this thing. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and take goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand to the Lord, the God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing that is yours, not a thread or a sandal strap, lest you say I made Abraham rich. Another thing that will help you. Never let anyone in the world say they've made you rich. Only God has made you rich. I will accept only that which my men have eaten in the portion that belongs to the men who went with me. Let me take their portion. Verse 15, or Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, and then I'm going to pray for you. Look at this. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I am childless and the heirs of my the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, Since you have not given me my children, my heir is a servant born in my house. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but a son that is from your own body will be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look up toward heaven and count the stars. And God gives him the blessing of Isaac. 
Let me find the verse I'm looking for. I got to find this verse. I didn't highlight it. By tithing. And Abraham was very rich. Scripture. There's another one too. Well, I'll let you read it because we're already 45 minutes in. Read Genesis. Here's homework for everybody watching the live stream. Read Genesis 12, 13, 14, 15, and then 16. And look at the generational blessing that goes down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you'll watch how God makes Abraham rich, very rich, and then extremely wealthy with silver and gold and livestock, his own army, his own servants, makes him a mighty nation. And the supernatural highway to that generational wealth was found in the blessing of God. And number two, Genesis 14. When Abram came to Melchizedek, the high priest, and gave him a tenth of all the spoil. He received a blessing from God. That took him from a rich man. To a ver the richest man on the planet. Generational wealth. That turned into Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is your supernatural doorway. To extreme wealth by the blessing of God. It's your tithing and your giving. When you connect your finances to God's kingdom and God's servants, God pours out a blessing on you that is so great that you become extremely rich. Extremely wealthy. You become someone, a Holy Ghost philanthropist in the earth that God can use to bless nations even. Bishop David Oyedepo in Africa right now is building the biggest church on the planet with cash. Cash. It cost over a billion dollars. It's a 109,000-seater church with a children's church 20,000 seats deep. Building it with cash costs over a billion dollars. Do you know what the exchange rate is in Nigeria to the American dollar? Something like 400 to 1. And he's paying for it, cash. How would you like for that to be your situation? God will take you out of whatever pit you are in in life. You'll never have to worry about not being able to buy Christmas presents for your kids ever again. Or for your family or for your friends. You'll never have to go another Christmas broke if you will apply these things to your life. I've seen them. I've seen the mercy and grace of God of my life in the last two years take me from somebody that had negative $233 in the bank to somebody that lives in overflow and abundance. In two short years, God's done that. And he's only getting started. See, I, I got people in the comments that are saying they don't like talking about money. This is, and I, I don't mean this to be like rude at all, but 
When you're uncomfortable talking about money, it means that there's an influence of the spirit of mammon in your life. Because any spirit that would try to have influence over you will get uncomfortable when you start talking about what the Bible says pertaining to a subject. So, for example, if somebody's under the influence of a spirit of lust, and I start reading what the Bible says about lust, they'll start manifesting. If you manifest when you hear messages about what the Bible says about money, it means you have a spirit of mammon in your life. Mammon is the, it's the worship of money. Many people think that rich people worship money. Some people do. But when you're blessed, that would mean Abraham worshiped money, David worshiped money, Isaac worshiped money, Jacob worshiped money, Solomon worshiped money. That would mean all these people in the Bible worshiped money. New. Money in your hand is a tool. Money in your heart is a poison. So if it makes you uncomfortable to talk about money, then you just got to learn what the Bible says about money. And realize that there's a spirit of mammon that's trying to control you and your finances. Don't let it happen. But that's all I have to say about that. I want to pray for you today. To believe God that 2023 will be your best year yet. In Jesus' mighty name. I know, Hallie. Don't worry. I wasn't, I wasn't like rebuking you. I'm just making people aware because this is, I, I know how it is. I used to be uncomfortable when people talked about money. So I'm just helping. Money in your hand is a tool. Money in your heart is a poison. The blessing of Abraham revealed in your life makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. That's what Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 says. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow with it. Starting today, the blessing of God in your life makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Every sorrowful thing in your life leaves you today in Jesus' name. And the windows of heaven are open over your life today as you obey God's word. You connect your finances to the move of God and the house of God. God will pour out a blessing on you that is so great that you won't even have room to store it all. Can you block that person? Let me pray for you. Before I pray for you, I'll give you an opportunity to give today. If you've been moved and you want to act on your faith right now, I challenge you, I encourage you, connect your finances to what God is doing here at Revival Way Ministries. We are reaching hundreds of millions of people each and every single year. And you know, there's always going to be somebody that says, this guy just preached a whole message on finances to take an offering. No, every Wednesday I teach on finances and I don't do it to take an offering. I take offerings, not just for the ministry, but for you. The blessing stays with the giver. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he said where a man's money is or his treasure is where his heart will be also. So if you have a heart to see this generation lit on fire for God, to see Generation Z saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and preaching the gospel all over the planet, you can connect your finances to this ministry. We are also feeding 1,500 kids each and every single month in a third nation or a third world nation called Chad. And this is a handwritten letter by them. They thank everyone for their giving. And I thank you ahead of time for your giving. Every person that gives to this ministry, you will not decrease in life. You will only increase. It is a promise from God. 
We also have about a dozen, a dozen other ministries that we give to each and every single month. So when you connect your finances to us, understand that these finances are going toward reaching people with the gospel. We're reaching this generation. We're feeding those that can't feed themselves. And we're helping other ministries to get the gospel out to their influence as well, their spheres of influence all over the planet. So we thank you for your giving. It makes a tremendous difference. On top of that, that's how your giving helps us. This is how your giving helps you. Abraham became a very wealthy man because he tithed and gave offerings. When you take what's in your hand, if it's not enough to meet your need, it's your seed. If you plant it into the house of God, it will multiply. When you take your finances and you connect them to what God is doing in the earth, God becomes your exceeding great reward and pours out a blessing on you. God becomes responsible for your harvest. Haha. <laughs> in Jesus' name. There was a woman one time who uh, she gave everything that she had in her bank account. This has happened so many times. She had $4 to her name and she sent it into this ministry. And at first I looked at it and I was like, well, praise the Lord. Father, bless her. Bless her for her $4 offering. Not that, I mean, you give with where you're at. But because it was $4, I almost caught myself like, oh, it's, it's a $4 offering. Praise the Lord. But then a couple days later, she surprised me. And she sent $400 into the ministry. And she sent me an email. And she said, Evangelist Talon, the other day I was almost too ashamed to give my last $4 in your offering. But the Holy Spirit told me to do it, so I gave it in the offering. But she was ashamed because it was all she had left and it was only $4. She said, two days later at church, a woman walked up to me and said, the Lord told me to give you this and gave her $400 cash in an envelope. Boom. Just like that. Two days later. So she sent in another offering to the ministry and said, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and the Lord continued to bless her. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows is what a man reaps. Whatever you sow today, you will reap in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your giving ahead of time. I want to give shout outs to people that have given over the last couple of days. And I encourage you, I believe God is sending us 30 people that are going to sow seeds of $1,000 or more. There's many people that can sow $1,000. I believe someone's going to send us $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, and $10,000. We're currently upgrading our studio. Uh, we just got our new backdrop in and our projector comes in tomorrow. It's a beautiful projector. It's like a $4,500 projector. We're all together. I think it's $4,500 for just the new background setup. And then we're going to get new camera, new tech equipment. We're getting a ton of new stuff to make this the most excellent live stream on the face of YouTube. And so you're helping us with that. You're helping us to reach people with the gospel. We thank you for it ahead of time. Michael, thank you for your giving. Katie, thank you for your giving. Jessica, thank you for your giving. People who gave through Venmo. I know uh, we received one earlier. Let me find it. Uh, someone gave through PayPal. Thank you for your giving. Lisa, thank you for your giving on Venmo. And anyone else that I missed, I honor you and I thank you for your giving. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign revival way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. 
Thank you, Louisa, for your giving on Super Chat. I forgot to mention that. You can also give through Super Chat. Jorge is always a great giver on Super Chat. My friend in the comments, John, is a great giver in, this, in a, on a regular basis. So thank you for your giving. I'm going to pray for you. Whatever seed you sow today, I'm going to pray God gives you a hundredfold harvest. The Bible said that some produces 30-fold, some produces 60-fold, and some produces a hundredfold. Isaac sowed in a time of famine when he didn't, when there was nothing. Some people, some of you are in a time of famine right now, and you need breakthrough in your life. I know what that feels like. I've emptied out my bank account multiple times, believing God for breakthrough. And he always showed himself strong. The righteous have never been forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Praise the Lord. Today your cup begins to overflow as you sow seed. PayPal is at Revival Way, or you can give on my website, revivalway.com. There's a link in the chat right there. You can click. It'll take you right to it. You can also give through Super Chat. I'm going to pray for you right now. And the prayer of agreement always works. Hold up your device or whatever you're giving on today as we pray. Father, in Jesus' name, every person under the sound of my voice as they give today, I declare and decree increase over their life. I touch an agreement and I believe God for a hundredfold return on their life and on their seed today. I've seen you do it in my life. And I thank you for it ahead of time that what you've done for me, how you've supplied all of my needs and abundance in my life. I also speak and declare and ask you to do it over their life. Starting today in Jesus name, they will never be broke another day in their life. And everybody said, amen and amen. I love you, everyone. I thank you for joining me today. Don't forget tomorrow morning at 1130 a.m. We'll be going live again. And uh, I have a very special live stream for you tomorrow. So you do not want to miss it. We got a new video also launching Saturday morning about where Satan's throne actually is in the earth. You are not going to want to miss that one. So get ready for that one. It will shock you. It'll blow your mind. And thank you for everybody that gave today. You're a blessing. And the blessing is coming on your life. Angels and ministering spirits are working on your behalf right now. They're bringing in your harvest. In Jesus' name, I love you. See you tomorrow. Adios. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.